0: Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people, Israel. Amen. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has selected us from all the peoples and gave to us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Amen. Uh, We're looking at lesson six. Have we done this lesson before?
1: (laughs) It's
0: a joke. Uh, They're all very tightly woven. Very tightly woven. This is love we're looking at. Uh, If you remember last lesson, it's been about five weeks, Uh, last lesson we looked at the... uh, Life, the word life, and we did some keyword searches through scripture on life. And uh, what we saw was the classic view that there's a spiritual life, that's eternal life. And then there's your life life, you know, like your life. And that's like physical. And the two really don't interrelate unless you're really got your mind in the heavenlies and that's all you're thinking about, you know, your destination, eternal life. And what we discovered is that. Actually, it's not that way at all, that life abundant and the eternal life are now, not later. And uh, if, you have an, if you have eternal life, then obviously it's not something you cash in after you die or cash in at reward time, but that the reward is now. And uh, we're supposed to be living our lives today as if it were eternal. And the reward of the righteous is eternal life. And uh, John promises us that he wrote the book so that we would know that we have eternal life. So it's another reason why these words are all so interrelated. First John is a... Uh, it seems like it jumps all over the place until you start looking at these words and it really coalesces and you see a master plan. Not mine. God. John's. And God's. Uh, so we have... Uh, we see that the, the, the perspective... Is that 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 uh, reveals that eternal life is about the here and the now. Abundant life is one that faithfully lives in obedience to all that Hashem has spoken. The commandments are to be our life, which is what the Torah says. These are your life. This is your life. In this lesson, we're going to see what John's speaking about when he talks about love. It's crooked. Fear of love. It's an interesting verse. And it's something that very interestingly you've you've, especially since you've if you have overtly communicated your Torah lifestyle with uh, people who are uh, of a Christian background traditional Christian background this verse actually may have come up in one of your conversations. Perfect love casts out fear. Right? Perfect love casts out fear. We know that we know and have believed that love which God has for us, God is love. Well, that's another one, isn't it? I mean, that's on bumper stickers. <laughs> and he who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Is this, in this love has been made perf, perfect among us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because, he has, because as he is, even so we are in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. What we've seen is, we've seen, um, well, you probably already read it, but let me read it for the, for the microphone. Uh, does First John 4.18 teach that fear and love are opposite? Modern languages redefine the words. Fear, that's bad, right? It's, so we've toned it down. It's reverential respect. You know, don't run in church, Johnny. You know, that's fear God's respect. I saw, I, I was I was at Calvary Church the other day. That's uh, where uh, Judah does karate. And uh, um, I, I watched a child run past me and mom right behind him, don't run, don't run, don't run. I bet she doesn't say it when he's outside. She's in,
1: he's in
0: church. Fear. Reverential respect. But love, the opposite's true. It's Justin Bieberized. It's all You know, it's all, you know, it's, it's, I mean, 90% of pop, 99% of pop, well, 90% of popular songs today are about love. It used to be 99, now it's 90, the other 10% is about killing somebody or yourself. (laughs) But, isn't that true? I mean, it's, pop culture, love, love, you know, sing about love. Uh, And so we've lost sight of what fear and love are. It's almost as if the, they were extremes. We've tried to, we've tried to narrow them down, you know. And, and ironically, they, they were onto something. There was a connection, but it wasn't about bringing away from the extremes. Here's here's, uh, they're linked. Fear, and, fear. It's not fear or love. It's fear and love. You can't understand. I want you to remember this. You cannot understand biblical love unless you understand biblical fear. You cannot. And if you did your homework and you read the scriptures, you probably were amazed how many times fear and love are in the same verse. The God of Israel must be feared, and, and he has commanded us to love him. That's ironic to me. I mean, that's like almost beyond comprehension. He's commanded us to love him. How, when was the last time you commanded your wife to love you? <laughs> Listen. I know you don't want to, but you love me. <laughs> you must love me.
2: But I think that that actually offers hope for people, too. Oftentimes, um, when we look at things like loving God, we see it as a, um, I don't love God. How can I make myself love God? And the fact that it's a command is actually, I think, offers the hope and the potential that if you just do the things that are loving God and seek Him and desire to want to love Him, that you will love
0: him. It is, a, it is, love is a decision. It is an act of the will. It is not an emotion. Everybody, I hope, knows that. Right. But it's very hard in our culture not to appreciate that all the time. People get divorced because I don't love him anymore. You know, it's like. That's, that's like arranged marriages in our culture. is just like people can't fathom it. Yes. Because it's always been about the fairy tale. Emotion. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: But when you understand
3: love is a decision, then an arranged marriage
1: isn't that. It's
0: it's biblical. biblical. (laughs)
1: Zacharias has a a teaching out there called uh, Isaac, Take Thee, Rebecca. And he's here in America, and his brother has just moved here, and his his father, arranged a marriage for his brother. So he calls his brother on the phone and says, how can you do this thing? (laughs) Suppose she gets off the plane and she looks like a cow. And he said, it doesn't matter. Because love
0: is a decision. Absolutely. That's great. Talk about fear and love. or uh, Fear and love, excuse me. Is here. This is uh, this is from uh, this is Abba Bar Yosef Bar Chama. It's not enough to. His dad was probably not that great, and so he's referring to his grandfather. Yeah, yeah. It's like your dad's nothing, but wow, your granddad was awesome. He's a third-century Babylonian uh, Amorah. This great Talmudist is quoted in the in the Talmud under the name Rava, and you can actually you will see him fairly often, Rava. Two disciples were once sitting in the presence of Rabba. One said to him, In my dream they read to me, How great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. This is from Psalms uh, 31.19. The other said to him, In my dream they read to me, But all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. That's Psalms 5.11. He replied to them, Both of you are completely righteous rabbis but one is actuated by love and the other by fear. Now you may read that, and some people may read that and go, ah, which one was the good one? Which one was the good rabbi? He didn't say that. He says, you're both righteous rabbis. And he's not saying, you know, well, you chose the better. He's not saying that at all. He's saying the motivation is, the, you, you're motivated differently, the, re, the result is exactly the same. Different motivation, exactly the same result. That's remarkable when you think about it. How will I behave if I love someone? Particularly God. I will behave in a way that shows that I fear Him. And vice versa. How will I show that I fear Him? I'll behave in a way that shows that I love Him. That's pretty... They're not the same thing, but they're different motivations. And they're both decisions. Fear is not an emotion. Sometimes it can be. But not in this regard. Fear is not an emotion, neither is love an emotion. These are acts of the will.
2: I think part of the problem with us in Western society is we interpret fear as fearing something evil. It's the fear of a monster, it's the fear of a witch, it's the fear of a dictator, it's the fear of someone who's brutal and cruel. But fear in the scriptures is not that way. Fear in the scriptures is the idea that you see something that is awesome and great and magnificent and in a sense terrifying. It really can't hurt you. God is great enough to obliterate you. But at the same time, it is that um, it is a fear knowing that he's good. And that's the difference. It's oftentimes we think of fear as being divorced from that knowledge. It's not.
0: Okay, I gave it. Excuse me, go ahead.
2: Um, to that point,
1: uh, a wise man said to me, to understand fear, read and understand that we have been fearfully and Very good. Made.
0: Very good. Well,
1: that,
3: wow. is no, that has
0: nothing to do with being afraid. No, it's like it's you're amazed.
3: Exactly.
0: I'll I give you an example. It's, it's, it's a small example, but it, it may help you recognize this. And, you know, something majestic. It might have seen Jurassic Park, the first one. And there's the scene. You know what's coming. You know what, all the talk about dinosaurs, whatever else. But there's the first scene when they drive out onto the onto the savanna, and all of a sudden you see these huge beasts moving across the savannah and everybody stops and like their mouths drop open and the music is playing and it's like, Wow, this is majestic. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. And everybody's like, Whoa, get out of the way, this huge animals. Yeah. S-s-s- small piece of what we're talking about. It's it's that awe that we see in Isaiah chapter six. When Isaiah is awestruck To the point of almost, you know, disappearing because he's so overcome by what he sees. But it is nonetheless a degree of of fear, in the sense that when he sees, he goes, "Woe is me." I mean, he understands the holiness
2: and the awesomeness of God. His awe mixed around with understanding of what he could do to you. But at the same time, we're talking about the fear of God. It cannot be divorced from the fact that he is good. Otherwise, it ceases to be fear. It begins to cross into bitterness or anger towards God in the sense. It's when Ripichi <laughs> wakes up and finds himself
1: in the presence of Aslan with no tail. There you go. Yeah, oh my good. goodness, my lord. I, I I can't believe that I I'm stuck here without a tail. Way. That's yeah. good. That's I
0: yeah. I mean it's remarkable. It's like, wait, I shouldn't be afraid, I'm forgiven, right? You know this 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 flies in the this flies in the face of the barging into the holy of holies nonsense that we get, right? Um, this boldly. is the opposite. Boldly. boldly we go boldly into the holy of holies, and you'll get struck dead. That's <laughs> <Wow. laughs> right. Like, okay, forgot a rope. We'll have to leave him in there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the Talmud's wonderful, and sometimes you need to be when you read the Talmud. And it quotes scripture. Sometimes you don't know it's quoting scripture, but when it does quote scripture, let me encourage you to go to the Sencino always has a footnote. Go and get and read it in a modern version. You may be amazed the Tom the Suncino Talmud actually uses King James language, so it you know it reads like I mean if if you're comfortable with that, that's good. But if you're not, you may want to read it in something a little bit less uh, archaic. Let me read this to you real quick. First John, uh, um, actually. I don't have it. Psalms 31.19. I thought I had it up here. I do. It's on the page before. No, I don't. Ah, the back of this page. This is actually, I want you to see the connection here. How great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. In Psalm 5.11, 5, but let those rejoice who put their trust in you, Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Those who love your name be joyful in you. Do you understand? Trust is in both. Faith is a part of both of those verses. Fear and faith, fear and love, they are all intertwined. Fear is not the antithesis of love, they're linked as we've seen already. This is from the Zohar, Devarim uh, 3, volume 3, 267a, which is uh, the commentary on Deuteronomy. Um, for those that do not know what the Zohar is, Zohar means splendid or uh, resplendent in, uh, in Hebrew. The Zohar is the reported, the purported work of uh, Rabbi uh, um, uh, Shimon bar Yo- Yochai. Um, and Lagba Omer is coming up in like 10 days. Lagba Omer is the anniversary of his death. Um, therefore because of the love which God shows to Israel it is written thou shalt love the Lord thy God this is a commentary on Deuteronomy which means that man should bind himself to him with very strong love and that all service performed by man to God should be with love since there is no service like the love of the Holy One blessed is he see what he's talking about you should bind yourself with love to Hashem because he binds himself to you with love There's no life like his, so you should bind yourself with service. What is it talking about service? Two things come to mind, prayer and mitzvot. That's exactly right. Uh, Rabbi Abba said, these words are the epitome of the whole law. Sounds like Matthew chapter 22. Since the Ten Commandments are summed up here, as the companions have explained, which is a common usage in uh, the Zohar, talking about the companions, talking about uh, the assembly of... of, uh, uh, sages nothing is so beloved of god as that a man should love him in the fitting manner how, how does he deserve to be loved i remember uh, i remember hearing um, at the time at the time he was like the number 2 guy in campus crusade for christ and speaking and uh, it was remarkable the way that he evangelism or whatever else is the big thing for campus crusade and yet he stood up and he says i'm looking for people worship a God that deserves to be worshiped by all that's my job to look for people I'm looking for worshipers that's a, you know that's a very interesting perspective you know a lot of times evangelicalism is about bringing people into us you know to being a part of us not so much about going in search of worshipers of the one who deserves all worship this is a great attitude if you think about it he deserves it this is what he's talking about in, in, uh, in the Zohar uh, in 1 John, this we, these are some of the verses I had you look at. 1 John three one, His love is bestowed on His children. Behold, how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. For this cause the world doesn't know us, because it did not know Him. Which Sounds like Yeshua in John chapter 13 as well. 1 John 3.16 By this we know love... Be- because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and, close, and closes his heart of compassion against him, how does the love of God remain in him? My little children, let's let's not love in word only, neither with the tongue only, but in deed and truth. Which means it's not love if you don't do it, right? In 1 John uh, 4, these are all the, all the passages in 1 John that use... Uh, that we listed in, in the in the uh, by theme. First John four seven through twelve. Beloved, let us not let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does you know the song? He does he who doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. Does everybody know the song or am I alone? Okay. Love one another. The love is of God. By this God's love was revealed in us, that God has sent us sent his own and only son into the world that we might live through him. There's live. In in this In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us in this way, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love has been perfected in us. Have you heard or or been, been presented with the idea that, listen, you can't love God? Okay, well you can try, but you really can't. Because the real definition of love is that he loved us. It's not about whether we love him, it's about whether he loved us. Listen, that is not what it's saying. The challenge is that we should love God. But it says if you want to know the perfect definition of love, it's that he loved us. Well, what did that love look like? That's what you should be trying to emulate. With each other and with him. That's the point he's trying to make. Not, you can't love God, don't even try. You know. well you, if you could it's okay if it happens if you fall into love with him you know like during a praise service you know if at the moment that you feel his love coming down on you, you reflect it back to him that's okay see I mean, love is a choice and it doesn't come by an emotional service Perfect. So the, the type of love that is Perfect. That, yeah. case, that God first
1: loved us before we even knew to love
0: Him or even cared. Yeah, and we should love each other because we exist, not because we could get something or it feels good or whatever else. That's right. Yeah. The object of, of 1 John 4 17, God loved us, not us. It's interesting to me because although it says, Beloved, let us love one another, the focus is. God's love. It's all about us. You know, He loves us. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. No, no, it's the other way around. It's all about This is a reflection of God, not on us. Right? The focus is God. The object is God here. First John 4, 4 19, 19 through 21. We love Him because He loved us. If a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar, for He does not love His brother whom He has seen. How can He love God whom He has not seen? This, the, this commandment we have from Him that He who loves God should also love His brother. And the last one was First, uh, first John 5, 1-3. Whoever believes that Yeshua is the Messiah is born of God. Whoever loves the Father also loves the child who is born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Now that's the first real hint that commandments, obedience, and love are together in, in the book of First John. But he's actually set you up really well before that because he's really hammered you in all the other things, right? So when he gets to love, you ought to really, you ought to really accept it. okay, love and obedience go together. No arguments. One thing about focusing on God is you asked us in
2: the homework to look at what's the focus of these love passages and it was interesting to see how even when God is, even when John is telling us to love one another, focus is still on God. It's God's love that you're to have for That's one right. another. You know, it's like, God loves you, therefore, it, you, you reciprocate by loving Him with the same love in the sense that He had loved you with, and then that love goes out from you to others. But again, it's all from Him, and it's all about Him. You
3: are a part of the process, but you are not the focus. There is. The, right. the love that we've received this is the manifest.
0: of the opposite It's the opposite of... Uh, that Demartes's theory of "I think, therefore I am," I'm loved, therefore I love. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he was like an atheist. So there you go. How do I know if I love? This is this is one of the things I. This is what I love about this concept. First John lays it out. There's no question. And then when you backtrack to Leviticus chapter 19. You know without a shadow of a doubt. Anybody that tells you the two commandments, the only two commandments are love God and love my and love my neighbor as myself. That's the only ones that matter. You can know without a shadow of a doubt based on 1 John and Leviticus chapter 19. You can't do either unless you follow the instructions of the Torah. You don't know what love is. It's fine for people to say, I give you a greater commandment. Yeshua said that. I give you a new commandment. Is it a greater one? maybe, sounds pretty big, you know, love each other like I loved you. Which, by the way, I just read that elsewhere as well. But regardless, let's say it's a new commandment, but the point here is, how do I know what love is? I can feel like I love my brother as Messiah loved me.
2: study the 613
0: absolutely because the commandments are an, are an act of love from Hashem towards us that's it's right like a father gives instructions to his, cho- to, to his children because he loves them he wants to guard them and protect them and make sure they stay safe and healthy and so forth that's the whole point of the diet it's an act of love look both ways before you run in before you cross the street Oh, I'm sorry. You're 20. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> better, better still.
1: How do I know how to love my wife unless she tells? Me. I mean, is it is it gifts? Is it words? Is it you know? Relationships important. yeah. What is it? How do I love you? Tell me, because I want to demonstrate. I want to love you. And she says, "Give me a lot of jewelry, whatever it is." <laughs> and there it is. I you the know, gold.
2: Yeah, but, but I think the studying the
0: mitzvot is really learning the heart. Of absolutely, Harsha. absolutely. I love uh, the goodnik chumash at the end of every parsha. It lists all the positive and negative commandments. Exactly. I love that. That's just I read. it. It's like wow, that's good. I didn't see that one in there. <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's Rambam six thirteen, but it's it's still very good. Nothing about it's Rambam, just um, how do I know if I love? John 13. Uh, usually this is the way that they do it too. It's usually a denigration of the Torah. You know, never mind that the commandment to love God and love my brother as myself, my neighbor as myself, is a Torah, our, our Torah commandments. Never mind that it's still always the way to denigrate the law. You know, because I'm not bound by that. I'm bound by love. And what you want to do is you want to shake them and say, shake them and say, I'm sorry. You don't know what love is if you're not bound by that.
2: (laughs) I mean, one of the classic examples sometimes used in movies that try to make the villain a somewhat sympathetic character is the villain wants to kill everybody because he loves them. That's right. It's what's best for them.
0: And, you know,
2: the world is out of control and they're trying to bring healing. (laughs) In other words, love, divorced from the instruction of God. It's whatever I think it is, and that's a terrifying
0: concept. I lived in Africa, and I can tell you the greatest compliment you could pay somebody is to dig them up afterwards and eat them. Hmm. Isn't that a little bit? It is. You know, I mean, that's like, you know, a great person, I'm going to dig them up and eat them. You know, it's like, okay... That kind of love, I have no... I know, so the cannibal, So when the cannibal says, I love that guy, you know, that's, you know, it's like the definition of love is God's definition, not the cannibal's <laughs> definition. <laughs> not even the victim's definition. You
3: know,
2: when David got the Arkans <laughs> in Chronicles, there was much singing and dancing and joy, and Uzzah was struck dead. Yeah, oh yeah. They were themselves, they were trying to impose on that error Great celebration.
0: Well, when you approach
2: God on your own terms, you die. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: happened more than once. Yeah. Keeps
0: on happening. You'd think we'd learn to fear Him. I saw a hand over here. see your hand.
2: Well, I I had heard actually in some instructional videos before that, I mean, just one phrase that I just didn't think was all that exactly accurate. And it's um, God appreciates. Uh, the intent, of the the intent of the heart, and that's exact. That's a great example as to where he may. <laughs> but the point is, is he, he has standard. he he
0: may appreciate the intent of the heart. He rewards the actions of the hands and the feet.
2: And, right. But again, I think and I, he, I, he judges. judges. Or yeah, right.
1: What we're about to dig into here with
2: love is that the intent of the heart. Obedience is attached to love, and in this case with Uzzah, when he's reaching up, his intent may have been to honor God in a sense, but it was his, it was a perverted form of that. It wasn't really honoring God because really honoring God would have read the word that said, "Don't touch it." Right.
0: So God can't look after His own ark.
2: Ultimately, it's it's it was a disrespect of God yeah. because it said, "I don't care what you said." I think this is best. These feelings, Or And, and, and horror, that's horror. ultimately you're saying, God, yeah, God, you're not capable
0: of. Let me help you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's let's read this new commandment because this is one that I hear a lot when we when we talk about the Torah. A new commandment I give to you. This is Yeshua speaking. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you may also that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love. For one another. A new commandment. Does, does he give new commands? Deuteronomy 4 says he can't do new commandments. It's a new commandment that you love. It's a fence. I like that. It's a fence. That's a very good. This is a halakhic. Listen, if you want to understand love, I want you to understand love in, the, in these terms. You've been commanded to love and I want you to love your brother like I love you and there's a guarantee you'll do it then.
3: in uh, Leviticus 19 is love your neighbor as yourself but we're not given a lot of instruction on what that's like. That's right. And Yeshua using that word new as it's translated in English is more as a commandment has not seen
0: before. A commandment as not understood. Fully revealed. And, and I think you're right. I think you're right. And
3: so he's saying okay you remember the commandment of love your neighbor well this is the, the understanding of it which is the love the way I am. Now you have a grasp of what loving your
0: neighbor is. It's in a way in a way, not to diminish it, but in a way it's almost a commentary what's already been given. Listen, here's here's uh, Hashem makes sure that we don't hurt ourselves. When you build a house that's two story, put a fence around it. Because that's loving your neighbor. When you put boundaries at your at your at your property, that's loving your neighbor. So there's no fights over where the property line is. So th- we we knew what love was, but it wasn't defined for us that way. They didn't go, "Listen, this is how you know what you love: love your neighbor is by following my instructions." But now Yeshua has given us that.
2: To me, the way I look
3: at it is, love your neighbor as yourself is actually a very close statement. It's <laughs> amazing how many people don't think very highly of themselves, which means that they can then, I mean, the, the bar is pretty
2: low in that regard. But when when Yeshua says love your neighbor as I have loved you which is a unconditional lay my life down sort of love if, you know, if you're able to do that then you have guaranteed to admit, you know, by loops and bounds the actual technical
0: requirement the standard of love is that you submit your will whether it's to God or to one another you submit your will. That's the standard of love. You agree to take less for the other, sacrificial.
1: John told us in two different points: First John two and Second John five. Um, okay. It's not as though I were writing to you a new command; the one
0: which we've heard from the, from beginning. the beginning. From ah. the
1: beginning. That we love one another. Okay. So to your point, the master may be um, giving us some insight. It's not new. It's, it's not, not new. new. It's not new. not
3: The commandment has never seen before. And, sorry, and, and, and where is that in the Gospel of John? Actually, it's 2 John. It's 1 John 2.7. John even kind of flips himself
2: around and says, I, 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 I old commandment I tell you. That's first John you two Right two around and yeah. says, yeah. in "A new commandment yeah. I give you. And it's the
1: same command. I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. Old, The old commandment is the word which you've heard. On the other hand, I'm writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because
2: the darkness is better. In a sense, this is what makes this new is that we have a living example of what it looks
3: that's like.
0: That's exactly right. That's and that's that's to Greg's point and both yeah. Joshua as well.
3: One of the greatest concepts that I did agree with the was people follow people, not ideas. That's right. Mm-hmm. so Yeshua now is the
0: very person
3: good of this concept commandment and idea in
0: its fullness. The Messianic movement. The Messianic movement, what person does it follow? I mean it's not Charles Stanley or or uh, uh John Piper or you know who does who do who do people in the Messianic movement follow? We don't follow a concept. People won't follow a concept. What is it? Who is it? It's pretty cool when you think about it. Uh first John four four 14, 15. By the way, if you start in first John thirteen and read all the love verses that follows, like it's pretty remarkable. Actually, it ought to get your attention. They're usually in red. <laughs> and they're pretty bold. And you can almost hear a chutzpah in the voice when it says it. Right? If you love me, keep my commandments. Which commandments, those, Which commandments are those, Master? Which commandments are those, Master? All of them? Oh, no, no. Just the just the 1001 that starts at Matthew chapter 1.
3: Or all of them. I was going to say, yeah, but doesn't Matthew 5 commandments observe and teach all
0: of them? There you go. Uh, John 14, uh, 14 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Somebody do a sentence diagram on that sometime and let me challenge your theology by it. We just read that he, that it's not that we love him, but that he loved us. He loved us first. And yet we see here that if we love him, the Father will love us. I mean, that's some good Calvinism in there if you think about it, but...
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's Moses on Mount Sinai all over again. You know, you have said, I found grace in your sight. Now, teach me your commands it. that I may find grace in your sight. That's right.
0: Circular. Circular. It's circular, but it is, it is, it
2: is circular in relationship. I think that's one of the things that stands out so much in this one and also a little while later in, in chapter 14 is the fact that the obedience to God's commandments is an essential part of that relationship with God. And he says, and I will disclose myself to them. That's words, it. Without the obedience, there can be no relationship.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty scary, actually. Let's keep going. The Father will love those who keep my commandments. Wow. Uh, John 14, 21, uh, 23 through 24. Yeshua answered and said to him, by the way, I skipped some in here. If you read them all, it's pretty remarkable. But uh, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And he will come to him. He says it again. And he will come to him make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Oh, Yeshua gave us a new commandment. Yeshua gave us new commandments. No, he didn't. He says repeatedly in the Gospel of John and in Matthew, I do not come to say my own words. These are the, I speak only what the Father says for me to speak. The only commandments that he gave were the commandments that were given. He didn't add to them. Then he'd be a false prophet. <laughs> so how do I know if I love... John 14 oh this is continuation John 14:31 but that the world may know that I love the father and the father gave me gave me commandment so I do arise and let us go from here I love that okay here's how you can know that the world that 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 I love that the world that the father loves the world and I love the father is I'm telling you what to do
1: <laughs> it's, it's even better than you were so the world may know that I love the father I do exactly That's as it. the father commanded
0: Perfect obedience. Amazing! What a what an amazing zadiq we follow. Uh, John fifteen eight through ten. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you may be, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep, that's usually where people stop. That's a great verse, but people stop there usually. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in His love. You want to know the relationship between the the in the inexplicable relationship between the son and the father, between uh, uh, Emmanuel and Hashem. The inexplicable relationship is explained here for you. He did exactly what he was told. We we don't have to go into ontology and try and discover a trinity in there. We can just say this is a relationship. He it's as if they were. They're doing the same thing all the time. That's but then he turns around and he puts that same burden upon us.
1: He equates his commandments with the father's he does in this verse.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: So it's are, it's slam one set.
0: one set of commands.
2: And also, I think the word keep there is really helpful. Shemar. It, it is linked, it's actually in the Greek the idea of guard or preserve. And you think about uh, about the commandments as well. Which it's, I got to get there because we're going that, slower. That it's <laughs>
0: keeping
2: is it's important
0: to you. It's precious to you. Yeah. It's not just that I do the commandments of God, but I want to do them because they're His commandments. That is true love of God. Who was it that said, "Give me more commandments"? Was that uh, Rabbi Akiva? No.
1: no. No, it was the uh, well. It was the sages. It was it was some guy from there. To there. If keeping commandment demonstrates my love for God. Give me more commandments.
0: Absolutely. It's perfect. John fifteen seventeen, These things I... Oh, excuse me. Uh, John 15, 12-13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And he's equating it not only with himself. He's given this the definition of what... what This is how I loved you. This is how you should love one another. Uh, These things I command you, John 15, 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. So how do I know if I love my brother? Keep the commandments. That's it. It's pretty good. And if I don't, I can know I don't love my brother. It's like, that's pretty automatic. And if I don't love my brother, I can't say I love God. Let's look at that command to love God. In the Zohar, this is again a commentary on Devarim. Rabbi Abba said, "To turn, to return to the words, and thou shalt love. One who loves God is is crowned with loving kindness on all sides, and does loving kindness throughout. That's uh, 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 um, Chesed, okay? Sparing neither his person nor his money. We know this from Abraham, who is. Who, in his love for his master, spared neither his heart nor his life nor his money. He paid no heed to his own desires because of his life for his master. He spared not his wife and was ready to sacrifice his son because of his love for his master. And he sacrificed his money also by standing at the crossroads and providing for p- food for all comers. Therefore, he was crowned with the crown of loving kindness. Chesed. Whoever is attached in love is that same term. Attached in love to his master is deemed worthy of the same. And what is more, all worlds are blessed for his sake. That's pretty remarkable. You know, it's that same concept. So like, you know, f- for the lack of a man. You know, as we read in this past week's Pirkea vote, You know, when, when, there is, when there is no man, be a man. When no one else is doing the right thing, Step up. you do the right thing. And all the worlds are blessed for your sake. This is the definition. In fact, the world exists for a man to love his brother. For a man to love God. That's pretty amazing. I mean, talk about a duty. Talk about a responsibility. A privilege. The world is resting on our shoulders in obedience. Abraham loved Isaac. Abraham demonstrated his love for God by obedience and offering Isaac and he is called God's friend. And I gave you some scriptures uh, in seeing that he is called God's friend. Uh, let's look at how we're supposed to love God. You know, the commandment to love God, as Joshua took, pointed out, that almost sounds like it's a negative. Well, you're t- you have to. It's your duty. You know, And yet David is one who loves God, has a heart after him, and it's... He expresses not his love for God by obedience, but not simple obedience, but love for the commandment itself. Let's look at how he does that. Psalm 118, I gave you Psalm 118 and Psalm 119, 47 through 48, excuse me. <coughs> and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands I also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. as I med- And I will meditate on your statutes. Psalm one uh, nineteen ninety seven through 98 Oh, how I love your Torah. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Psalm 119, 111-114. Uh, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever. To the very end, I hate the double-minded, but I love your Torah. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. It's funny that Psalm 119 is blessed for everyone, but they read the words and don't read the words. psalm 126-127. to one twenty seven it is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your word as your your Torah as void who 's he talking about it's like ninety nine percent of people who claim to follow the Messiah regard his Torah as void, therefore because of that, I love your commandments more than gold, yes than fine gold, others think his torah is void, therefore it 's better than gold does you know it almost is Doubly should be doubly sweet to us that we have his word, that we have his commandments, though the others around us disregard them. We find them even more valuable in that. You know, in, in the modern culture, if something's valuable, if people are lined up to buy it, who knows what it is, but there's a line, let's go get it, whatever it is, it must be exciting. This is the opposite of that. They don't want it. That makes it even more valuable to us. Because we are looking, because God is looking for people to love Him. And to be given that privilege. Uh, Psalm 119, 39-40 Turn away my reproach, which I dread. For your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Who's ever heard of Deuteronomy called the Book of Love before? I have. It is. I mean, it, that's why. that's why... Yeshua quotes from it a lot. But actually, this correlation, we see a lot of Deuteronomy coming out when we go to 1 John, is that relationship. When we know the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your your strength, with all your resources. The, The definition of love is really, our duty is all found in that. That's our declaration of our allegiance to Hashem. Deuteronomy 5, 10. This is what this is the this is what uh, what he says. Showing mercy to thousand to those who love me and keep my commandments. He's like he he's merciful to us, or he's merciful to those that love him. Again, cause and effect. Not to diminish the opposite, where he loves the unlovely, the disobedient, and draws them into repentance. It's not to diminish that, but this is the other side of that coin. He loves those who obey him. Deuteronomy six five. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Deuteronomy ten twelve through eleven. Note here the, the relationship fears mentioned in this as long as well as love. Then Adonai said to me, Arise, begin your journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And now Israel, what does Adonai your God require of you? But to fear Adonai your God, to walk in his all his ways and to love him to serve Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul Deuteronomy 12 32 through 133 Whatever I command you be careful to observe it that you not add to it nor take away from it. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not w- listen to the words of that... Uh-oh. Prophet. Does it go on the next page? Yes. And dream, or, and dream Or that dreamer of dreams. For Adonai your God is testing you to know whether you love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your... The Shema, I mean, this is remarkable. When anybody ever reads the Shema and they don't connect it to the mitzvot, they're really kind of blind. <laughs> because here it is, right in the same book, three chapters later, four chapters later, and he's telling us very clearly the test of knowing whether you love God is whether you keep his commandments or whether you're going to follow someone away from him. That's the test. First John says the same thing. You'd think that John knows the Torah. And then Deuteronomy 30, uh, 30 verse six, and verse 16. And Adonai, your God, will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love Adonai, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live.
1: Are you telling
0: me that circumcision of the heart is actually in the Old Testament? It is. And this, I was taught this. Let me pause here before I need to read the next verse. I was taught one time by a very good teacher that this is a prophecy that has not yet happened that God has not circumcised Israel's heart. Well, I do believe, by the way, this is a prophecy that is about the New new Covenant. It is a prophecy of the Messianic Age. However, what is the definition? How do they know? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul that you may live. And what was that definition? That they would keep my commandments. There are people that had their hearts circumcised. And it's demonstrated by their obedience to God. And if you consider the word circumcision and the cutting away of that which is extra or hard, then you can see that this is exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about obedience. To have your heart circumcised. It's not to have a, not to negate it, not to have a Holy Spirit experience. That's not what circumcision of the heart is. Although I can guarantee you, if you keep his commandments, you're having a Holy Spirit experience. The true test of love. Will we obey Him or not? And the last one. Oh, I had verse 16. In that I command you to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and multiply. And Adonai your God will bless you. It's like, turns it around. The very thing that we're commanded to do, to love Him, is demonstrated in obedience to, to his commandments, and he turns around and takes those very actions that we do in those commandments, and he uses those to bless us. It's like this is a this is a good deal all around. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it's like putting money in the piggy bank. You know, you know, when you're little, you just put the money in the piggy bank, and later on, you get to open the piggy bank. It's a pretty good deal because your parents reward you for putting money in the piggy bank, and then when you open it, it's a good deal. Well,
2: there's healing. That's
0: the way that he uh, By the way, we don't need the piggy bank, so it's not, it's kosher. His
2: yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> commandments are good. I think that, little thinking, thinking of this whole thing, I can't help but think about this idea of keeping commandments and loving God in the context of a marriage relationship and thinking about in, in any marriage relationship, there are commandments. The husband is not allowed to be unfaithful to his wife, it is a duty, an obligation. But obligation and duty are never dirty words. Burdens are dirty words. But an obligation is commitment. And in the context of relationship, commitment is actually precious. That's something that's special. That means that this person is worth sticking with. When the dreamer of dreams is telling you things and doing miracles, when you've got all the circumstances in life that are challenging this, you have a commitment to God. That's precious. I'll take commitment over suggestions.
0: anything. Absolutely. Or emotion. I mean, we can all say that emotion can carry us away. Everybody is susceptible to emotion of some sort. It is the steadfast, which by the way, the root of that word comes from the same root that we get faith in Hebrew from. It is the steadfast, the the perseverer, the one that's full of faith, that presses on regardless of the emotion to be rewarded to be rewarded, right?
1: I am commanded to love my wife, and she knows that. It doesn't matter what I have to eat. It doesn't matter how I feel. She knows I'm commanded. That's right. And I'm going to be obedient.
0: And that's confidence for her yeah. as well.
1: Yes, there's yeah. a lot of surety.
0: What is what is this? How is it? You know, we've seen again and again through Ali's words. This the the concepts of relationship are always, always there. You know, there's all of these words speak about relationship. How does love speak about a relationship? You know, n- not in the pop culture way. How does love speak about relationship? Joshua talks about it in, in commitment. Joseph in the in, in the same m- notion of commitment. I love you guys. i so, Small type there. There's a link between fear and love for Hashem. We're commanded to love Him and to love each other. Tell me about the relationship between fear and love in your mind now.
1: I fear Him, therefore I love Him. I love Him.
3: wings on the same. Two
0: wings on the bird. Oh, Rob, thank you very much. Rob speaks, uh, speaks such wisdom. Yeah, You can't have a bird with one wing. <laughs> uh, That's right. Very too. good, very good. That <laughs> <laughs> sounded very sage-ish. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's cool. The first time love appears it is uh, about a sheet 22. Yeah. But it says that Abraham was to take his son. Interesting that the reason after he says, No, 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 I don't do anything, Angel says, because now uh, you've shown or I've seen that you
0: are a God fearing. You could have said, Oh, now you no, you love me, yeah, proved that you love me, but so now you've proven or
3: you know you've seen that you are a God fearing, that you fear God, yeah. And what's interesting about that fear love relationship is that love will tell us of what. We will do for God. Um, but fear allows us to go beyond in the depth of very that good. relationship, to do something that may not be natural to ourselves in our expression of love, but that is exactly what God wants. I very think, good. Uh, which father would want to give a son up unless he actually feared God?
0: That's very good.
3: And I think that that is key even with uh, relationships, even on this earth. How many times do we see a man who loves this woman but won't wait? The, uh, the correct time that's right. to express that love because there isn't a fear of God, and that's why fear is essential to expressing godly love.
0: Very good, very good. Oof. The,
3: the God fearing Gentile in the Apostolic race, mm. Um
1: the Tommy the, the Dean encouraged the Master to assist him because they knew of his love for God's people because of all that he had done. His yeah, actions, right. Building them synagogue. And yeah. Community. I think ultimately fear and love are linked because they're both based on the same thing. It's a knowledge of God, a, knowledge, a relationship with God, and knowing who he really is, believing he is,
2: who he said he is, and then acting accordingly. And I think that ultimately to not fear God is to believe that he is not the rewarder of those who are good. And to not love God is to believe the same thing. It is to accuse God to be unjust, to being evil, to being capricious, to be untrustworthy. Love and fear are linked because they have a belief and a faith in God to be who He said He would be.
0: Then, how do you explain perfect love casts out fear?
2: Because ultimately, the rest of you have to read the rest of the verse in the whole context. The context is um, we, are, we have confidence because we are like Him. Perfect fear cast out a perfect love cast out fear because fear has punishment. If we love God, we have no fear of punishment.
0: Because we obey him.
2: Because he's going to reward. Not him.
0: because he wipes it away. It's like, okay, I never saw that. I didn't see that. I've covered it, and I don't know.
3: Change, change love with obedience. Yeah. Perfect obedience. Yes. Sir.
0: Very good. Yeah.
3: Uh, I wrote it just in reflecting on this. Uh, loving God without fear of God is loving God on our terms. Good. Yeah. We, loving God with the fear of God is loving God on His terms and the way that He desires. Very good. And going to what Joshua was just saying, if we flip that verse around, perfect love casts out all fear, all the fear of this world, all the cares, all the fear of potentially standing before God and um,
0: without right standing. That's right. Um, if we flip that around, perfect fear casts out all love. Very good. That goes both ways. That's very good. I like it. Bookends, Joshua bookends. Right? <laughs> our love for Hashem is evidenced by our obedience to His commandments. By them we know that we love each other. And that's what 1 John's teaching us. This is one of the reasons why 1 John is is was one of the books that I wanted to teach on from a Torah perspective is because his statements that that's how you know if you love. Your brother is if you keep the commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Our obedience is the source of blessing that Hashem wants for us. It closes the loop. He loved us, we love Him and obey Him. He blesses us and reveals His love for us in His commandments. And this last thing is a quote from the Zohar again. This is uh, from the Zohar commentary on Bereshit uh, Genesis. Perfect love. And th- this is great. I mean, as when I read when I read this stuff and then I relate it to First John, I go. But they like reading the same stuff anyway. Uh, perfect love is the kind which remains steadfast in both phases, whether of affliction or pop or, or prosperity. The right way of loving one's master is expressed in the traditional teaching, which says, "Even if he deprives thee of thy life, that is then perfect love, embracing two phases." Just like Joe. Yeah. Though he slay you. me, yet will I trust him. Actually, very steady. I was just reading. Uh, About uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and when the decree went out to that everybody had to bow before the the statue, the midrash says that um, that they
3: went to Zach to Zechariah, mm-hmm. and they asked Zechariah, you know, give us a word from you know, give us you're the prophet of God, T- tell us you know how should we handle the situation. And and Zechariah um, I don't remember how this goes, Zechariah, you know, goes, prays and comes back and says, um, he basically says you should just just flee. Just run you know, just run away. Don't bow, but just run away. And and they said, Well wait a minute, why would we do why why should we do that? Because if we if we run away, yes we won't bow, so we won't violate the commandment,
2: but so who's, gonna, standing who's, up? Gonna,
3: who's gonna stand up so that the rest of the world sees that you know that somebody's
2: taking a stand? And um, and so they said they said, Well, well they asked Zechariah, if we don't flee, will God deliver us? And Zechariah said, I don't know. And they said, whether he delivers us or not, we're not running and we're not bowing. And they left. And then the Lord spoke to Zechariah and said, do you, think I'll del- do you think that I'll not deliver them? You know? And then the idea was that he's not going to leave his people when
0: they take that stand. He will deliver them. That's remarkable. That's good. That's a great story. And, and, and what's, 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 it goes back to that same notion that God deserves that kind of love. And when no one else will obey him, the, the, the privilege of being the few that will is is uh, is a remarkable privilege because he deserves all to love him that way. Good. Any any final comments? All right. We're done.